Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be a lovely trip back to the forums of somethingawful.com. In specifically, we'll be going to the subforum known as Dope Threads, formerly known as the Crackhead Clubhouse. And specifically from the subforum, we'll be reading a post entitled Share Your Druggiest Moments. So, as you might imagine, this is going to be tales of people doing drugs. This is a trigger warning for you. If you like drugs, but you're trying not to do them, this episode might not be for you. If you like drugs and you want to do them, and you enjoy hearing stories about them, keep on listening. Drug stories inbound. But before we get there, let's get some podcast business out of the way. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been asking for magnets. I do have magnets. Mostly, the requests are coming from overseas. Australia and Sweden and Germany. Things like that. Places that aren't America. You know how it goes. So yeah, thank you for all that. I need to go buy a ton more international stamps. And thank you for the people who gave me their belated photos recently. That was very nice. It was a nice thing to get some photos. I tried adding them to the photo gallery plugin I have for the podcast, and it didn't seem to be working, so I'll figure that out at some point. In other big news for Lou Reads, I have started a Patreon page for the podcast. Um, I mentioned this on the Facebook page, but I know that only... I don't know, 1,200 of you are on there. So uh, I thought I'd mention it here on the podcast. So I started a Patreon page, and that is found at Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lou Reads. And I started it as a way for people who like the podcast and want to support the podcast to have a way to do so without having to go to the PayPal page, which is honestly not the easiest thing to find. So, you know, I have a couple things up there if you're interested in supporting the Lou Reads Patreon. Is it Patron? Is it Patreon or Patron? I don't know. I think Patreon sounds like some kind of weird robot, but regardless. Basically, I'm just putting out there that if you want to support the podcast, you can. There's an easy way to do it now. If you don't, that's okay too. I'm still making the podcast for free. I do have a couple of things that I can give away that I'm going to be giving away, such as early early access to the podcast and um, other things. I still haven't fully ironed out the the gift level and or what to give what do people want i don't know so it's a weird thing for me to, to say it but i put it up there just in case people felt like they wanted to support the podcast and i have the you know the lowest entry level pledge is a uh, a dollar a month so if you want to support the podcast please go to patreon.com slash reads and pick the donation level you'd like to do it is a reoccurring thing so it's not a one-time thing if you're interested in a one-time donation you can always go to paypal and the link for that is at lureads.com just below the pause my neg cast google plus thing i believe anyway that's a big deal for me and again if you want to support the podcast feel free if you don't i understand you just like listening to free stuff certainly i do anyway enough of that it's time to get into the drug stories. So the first thing we'll read is the original post in the Something Awful Forums subforum Dope Threads, formerly the Crackhead Clubhouse, in a thread started by Aminal, entitled Share Your Druggiest Moments. 
And it goes like this. Druggiest moments are any moments where you later realize how much of a fucking fiend you can be. We've all had them, and it's best to try and learn from them, if possible, that is. Here is a selection of some fine moments I've had through the years. Rolling old joint butts into a new grandfather joint. The taste is utterly revolting, but gets you wicked high. I once used old soggy ones from an ashtray throwing up emoticon. Looking for specks of alpha PHP on the floor and smoking the residue found on old foil scraps. Dropping rolls on bathroom floors and taking them shortly after. Cutting my finger with a pair of scissors while making a TP bomb of 4FA patched up with a band-aid and somehow moderately sized chunk of fingertip healed. F4A clearly has restorative properties. Here is a link to my seven-year-old trip report. And the link goes to a paste bin file, which is untitled by a guest, and it goes 4 fluoroamphetamine, dose less than 125 milligrams. I recently acquired a gram of this relatively obscure compound in the form of 99.7% pure powder. It's light and fluffy, it vaguely smells and tastes citrus ish, yet chemical. You could probably drink it in a shot, but dosing with tissue was easy. I chopped up the gram into halves, gradually removing powder until I had around less than 125 milligrams. Dosing like this wasn't much of a problem since the dose is relatively high. The times are approximations since it was a day ago. T plus zero. I swallowed a small TP wrap, washing it down with some water. To explain, and to explain, some drugs people will wrap in toilet paper and swallow. It's easier than drinking, apparently, because some of them taste terrible, apparently. T plus 15, starting to feel something, probably just anticipation of the drug to kick in, felt some light shivers up my back. T plus 30, wow, definitely feeling something by now. My body feels warmer and more relaxed. My head is starting to feel lighter. T plus 45, I am really relaxed, yet feeling completely awake. The body high is slowly building with a tingling feeling that is crawling down my neck out into my limbs. My whole body is feeling light, just like my head in a pleasant way. Typing is also getting harder since my arms feel so light. This is hilarious to me. T plus one hour. I am feeling very happy and loving. I really, really want to hug someone and just talk about whatever. As I listen to music, jolts of what I would call quote unquote shivergasms begin to shoot through my spine. There are goosebumps which feel great. T plus 130. I'm laying in bed naked listening to music. The blanket I have draped over me feels incredible against my skin. I feel so grateful for being alive and being here to experience this. Every beat and tone from the music send waves of pleasure through my body. It's almost orgasmic. T plus two hours. I hop on my bicycle and start cycling to a friend's place. It almost feels like I'm floating, hovering above the ground as I rush the cool air on the bike. Really neat! I'm a little saddened that I forgot my MP3 player, but the birds sound so beautiful and fascinating, I quickly forget about it. T plus 2.30? Question mark? I finally arrive at my friend's place, covered in sweat, still feeling great. The cooling sensation from the sweat feels great. I hug my friend, smiling like the crazy, sweat-covered addict I am, feeling great joy and love for him being there. T plus three hours, question mark. I prepared doses for other friends who are over. It feels really weird yet fascinating at the same time since my whole body is feeling so light. The euphoric effects are slowly fading by now. I still have the body shivering going on. I also feel more stimulated instead of relaxed like earlier. There is little to no jaw tension at all. I am chewing away on my gum though. T plus 330, question mark. We are all talking about life and things. I feel a connection with everyone and it's just great. I decided to put some music on. I turn up the volume and play this. Brackets, music from an NES video game called Solstice. Wow, I'm blown away. Every note of the song feels so perfect. I can feel the music inside me and the whole song is like a three-minute orgasm. T plus five hours, question mark. The euphoria is pretty much gone. 
brackets, I do still feel happier than normal. I'm left with a smooth stimulation that doesn't feel very physical at all. My mind is racing and I keep fidgeting to the music. I could probably dance for hours. I manage to fall asleep around 10 hours after dosing and I wake up feeling refreshed and feeling mostly normal. There's still a light floaty feeling going on in my head, but nothing major. Summary. This is, all in all, a wonderfully smooth stimulant. It's definitely in my top five. By the end of the trip, I felt pretty energetic. The happy, feel-good feeling fades after around five or so hours. Negative things. There was some slight nausea. Burping made it go away, though, and it passed rather quickly. Peeing is hard. You really have to put some effort into it, but it's not impossible. This humored me and my friends quite a bit. Oh, and just forget having sex on it for F.A. Your penis will not respond. Loss of appetite and cotton mouth, so bring some gum and drink plenty of fluids. And uh, the duration of the effects lasts around 10 hours easily, and probably even more if you decide to redose. Positive things. Immense feelings of content and happiness. Music is amazing. You know that shivering goosebump feeling you sometimes get sober? It's just like that, but better. The stimulation is very gentle and fun, especially talking is great. The body high was lovely. I felt floaty and relaxed. Smoking cigarettes outside was wonderful. The cool weather didn't bother me at all. And thus ends the paste bin. Continuing on, jerking off for hours until my dick was... <laughs> Jerking off for hours until my dick is swollen as hell, going through hundreds of videos and never settling on one quote-unquote good enough, 50-plus browser tabs and 10 IM sessions while peaking on speed, spending hours fine-tuning a reply-slash-trip report and ultimately discarding it, doing whippets in the school bathroom with friends, traveling for hours in the night in the winter to meet a new dealer of a friend of a friend, scraping the dust from the sides of cut-up baggies for a last line, then putting the plastic in water to dissolve any remnants and drinking it. Finding a McDonald's bathroom minutes after picking up drugs from a P.O. box to sample them, then riding the subway home, paranoid as fuck. Eager to read about your moments, goons. Let's see the worst you've got. Smiley face emoticon. And Nooner ads. I used to smoke weed a lot in college. I even posted about it here in TCC sometimes. It was a lot of fun. One time a friend who was growing gave me a huge mason jar of shake for like $10 because he was like, whatever, and it ruled, got high forever with that. Also, one time on New Year's 2012, I did a little coke with friends in SF, then went to a couple of parties. And our car writes, One time after a long night of doing coke, I decided I was going to save the rest. It was all in a pile in a mirror, and I was already lying in bed with the lights out. I reached over and grabbed the empty coke bag off my nightstand. I poured the pile in and went to sleep. The next day, I realized I had put the coke in an empty weed bag. There were little pieces of shake and THC crystals all mixed together with the coke. Instead of throwing it out, I did my best to separate the mixture. It didn't work well. I blew the whole bag anyway. Good times. And Masked Sex Hero writes, I'm very glad to be here with you tonight. I'll be able to talk to you about some things I know a great deal about. Everyone knows that you are fucked up. And everyone knows that I am fucked up. But does everyone know that I are more fucked up than you? Well, I know that. And you know that. But our purpose is to tell everyone that. Take, for instance, the time I went to the bathroom to take a shower. I had some soap, a towel, shampoo, washcloth, a brush. Everything was set. But I had to call you to come turn on the water for me. I didn't know where or how. That is one instance of how fucked up I am. And Bullcut Barricade writes... My craziest drug moments are all logged in my text editing program shit. I keep a detailed log of everything I ever take. Now, what you're asking is, what is the druggiest moments I have? Well, let me start. Looking at an old log, I noticed this crazy log. These are the drugs I consumed over the course of only 12 hours. I was so fucked up back then and didn't even have that much of an opiate tolerance so that ADOC fucking killed me. I remember watching Lady Gaga's quote-unquote on the edge of glory over and over, nodding out, itching like crazy. The rest is a blur. 
Here is the log. 3.46 p.m., 40 milligrams Adderall. 4.49 p.m., 2 milligrams lorazepam. 7.04 p.m., 40 milligrams Adderall. 2.36 a.m., 2 milligrams lorazepam. 5.02 a.m., 3 pills of 25 milligrams diphenhydramine. 6.32 a.m., 40 milligrams Addy. 8.38 a.m., 40 milligrams Addy. 3.13 p.m., 40 milligrams Addy. 8.57 p.m., 80 milligrams OxyContin. 6.29 a.m. next day, 40 milligrams OxyContin. Basically, I would get hyped up on speed, counter it with benzos, then top it off with opiates. Imagine being on a roller coaster of drugs and pleasure, about to have a heart attack. It was stupid and irresponsible as shit, and I've never been that reckless since. Just to clarify, this is not in any way bragging or any of that shit. Just the most drugged out moment I can remember. And the share of Jake adds, I was staying at a motel out of town for a concert and was candy flipping at the show. And of course, candy flipping is taking LSD and ecstasy together. <laughs> when I got back to the motel, we busted out the dab rig and I took a hit of some full melt hash of the nail and the fire alarm for the whole motel went off. I still had a head full of acid when the guy came from the front desk, asked what was going on, and I said it was my e-juice. He left and I enjoyed the rest of my night. And Dark Weasel adds, the police put me in jail and said I was scum. And they were right. And Adequate Panther adds, When I was 18 or so, I vaguely recall one weekend. I don't remember specific amounts, but here's an approximate list of what I had on Friday night. Half an ounce of Coke, quarter ounce of meth, 61 milligram Xanax, 30, 10 slash 325 hydro slash APAP, 120 10 milligram Valiums, half an ounce of mushrooms, four ounces weed. I woke up on Tuesday morning with just a little weed and a few Xanax left. I only recall a few things from the previous day, but as far as I know, we split all the stuff between five to seven people. I really don't know how nobody went to jail or the hospital because we hit multiple parties and drove around a lot. And Urkic writes, how the fuck did you afford all that if you were only 18? Unless that was supposed to be for sale and you just said fuck it, in which case, ha 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 ha. I'm glad you're alive though, dude. And Adequate Panther adds, had a nice lump sum of money from an insurance claim and called literally everyone I could think of and bought everything they had. Good times. And Nuja writes, years ago at the height of my opiate addiction, there was a month or so stretch where it got desperate. Every morning I would wake up and scrounge the carpet by my mother's designated Oxycontin snorting spot. A bathroom carpet, I might add. She wasn't all that careful about making sure she got every last speck and would brush off what little crumbs may have been left on the bathroom counter to the floor. The spot was about a foot and a half stretch of carpet between the vanity and the toilet, nestled up against the wall. Not a whole lot of room for drug particles to spread out. After a year of daily use, that carpet was packed with shit. It was fairly simple for me to scrounge up enough to get a good few tootskis over a short period of time once I I realized I was pooping next to a gold mine. At the end of the great carpet excavation, snorting bits of what I would imagine was no longer narcotic, I took a long look in the vanity mirror. A few weeks later, I would be sober, and to her credit, my mother would be as well. Brackets, insert some heartfelt saying about needing to bottom out to rise up or some shit here. And Apple 2O writes, I'm tripping face on some $2 unmarked gas station spice, trying to explain the physics of blood to a mollied out ceiling fan victim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and root beer ads. When I was 18, I took about 6 milligrams of clonopin and huffed a rag covered in ether repeatedly and followed it up with killing half a fifth of Jack. I do not remember drinking the Jack. 
I woke up the next day with an empty can of air duster in my hand. The only one of the four I've touched since then is alcohol, because fuck all that. Emote V Emoticon. And Megaspell writes, This one time I was so drugged up on drugs that drugged my drug with a drug that I drug out from the drugstore. And Jick Magger writes, I once dropped a nickel bag's worth of shake in the back of my car. Friend and I proceeded to scrape up everything we could find, ended up smoking what was probably half carpet fiber out of a makeshift tinfoil pipe and quote-unquote playing word image sound play for like three hours. Then there are several times I've come back to reality after peeking on 2CI and lots of weed with my pants off. I guess everyone should have the quote-unquote where are my pants experience at least once in their life though. And Urkick writes, This happened to me with shrooms, but I know exactly why my pants weren't on. And goddamn was it embarrassing. Brackets, something about nature meaning you can piss wherever the fuck you want to piss and that it doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure it was a combination of that and not understanding the toilet. Like, I found my pants and they were wet, and I remember thinking something along those lines, but I didn't smell the pants and will never be able to confirm whether I pissed my pants or just spilt water on them. It was a weird night. I was sure aliens controlled the minds of humans, but only sometimes. I'd have these flashes of literal aliens that I could visualize and knew exactly what they were and what they were doing, and then I'd forget. But every time I had these flashes, I knew I would forget, and that was the tragedy of it all. Because we're literally under control and we'll never know. Who would have thought eating five grams of shrooms for your first psychedelic experience is a stark unreality? And Zelda Dude adds, Trading stolen baby formula for heroin was a pretty druggy-esque move, I guess. I've gone carpet digging for crack, too. Not my brightest moment. But I'd have to say the one that takes a cake would be the time when an older, fat Latino dude mistook me for a male prostitute, which I only realized once I was at his apartment. Brackets, he said he'd call his guy and meet him there. He did end up calling the dude, and I got my shit, but I got the fuck out of there once I realized he probably wasn't offering me lines of coke just to be friendly. I guess he figured, since I was standing around the, in the ghetto for so long as a young white kid, that I must have been a hooker. Shrugging emoticon. All I can do now is look back and laugh. Edit. Damn, I didn't mean to kill the thread. Frowning emoticon. And Animal writes, Haha, don't blame yourself. Come on, goons, share some dark-ass druggy moments that you're proud to leave behind. Like the one time I vaped 4F PVP off foil for days and days with nothing but beer as basic sustenance and ended up with a lung infection that required intravenous antibiotics. And the one time I and a newly licensed friend drove around at twice the speed limit while he was stoned as fuck and I was peeking on three grams dried Dutch shrooms while taking popper hits. I kept telling him to slow down as I was screaming and it must have worked because I I'm alive to this day. Fuck, that was scary. Or the time I got my entire small town addicted to nitrous and we held a thousand whippet box style parties with weed and homemade crackers. And the one time I took MDPV for four days in a row with a new friend, brackets straight, shared a bottle of Bombay Sapphire and blew him before letting him go all the way. That come down was a killer. But hey, I still keep the night in my spank bank. Ayy... Oh well, fun memories. I'm 25 now and have sobered up quite a bit. All I do these days is drink Kratom tea on the weekends. Lots of good memories and I'm not dead. Works for me. Post your shit. And she's in parties. A Bauhaus reference? I think so. And she's in party ads. I'm in recovery. That being said, the night I took 6-APB and MDAI with 70 milligrams of Vivanase was magical. Until I turned bright red, started pouring sweat, and couldn't stop shaking. 
In retrospect, I'm sure this was serotonin syndrome. And Lilo adds, Back a couple weeks before Christmas in 2004, my roommate and I drove 500 miles from Tallahassee to Miami. We each had our own cars, so I followed him. We were both on like 8 milligrams of Xanax. He had a big bag of Coke on him, so we would stop every few exits and do key bumps to keep us awake. We made the 7-8 hour trip in 4 hours. I should be dead, or in jail for vehicular manslaughter, or at the very least, have a very severe DUI charge from that time. Thankfully, karma intervened and less than 10 years later, I was convicted of DUI property damage. Any youngins reading this, please understand that what I did was not cool. Never drive after any substance, please. Edit. Or the time I did so much coke that I called the cops on myself because I hallucinated that homeless people were using my front yard as a camping ground. Thankfully, the cops never came to investigate. And me, your dad, adds, huffing Freon in high school. We'd get it out of our car AC by holding a trash bag over the valve. It's a heavy gas, so the result is a heavy bag of nothing. It's really weird. When you huff it, your voice goes very low, the opposite effect from helium. It's a very strange high, and I'm lucky I didn't die from it. We were huffing it at a friend's house, and I watched all my friend's heads float off their bodies on big coiled springs and go past me. I went outside and thought there were helicopters all over the place. Looking back, that was one of the dumber things I'd done as a kid. Just one of the dumber things, though, because in eighth grade, brackets, question mark, my friend and I were huffing gas in another friend's garage at around three in the morning. My friend got really out of it and knocked over the can of gas. It spilled right under the pilot light, and we were dumb enough to be huffing gas next to it. My friend was immediately standing in a large puddle of flaming gasoline. We grabbed him out of it and pulled him outside. Meanwhile, the garage became engulfed in flames. The guy who lived there ran upstairs to wake his family while my gas-stupefied friend and I ran across the street to bang on our neighbor's door. Eventually, the fire trucks arrived, and we were able to save the house, but the garage was beyond repair. My friend's older sister was sobbing, and we told the fire department that we were just working on our bikes and somehow the gas got knocked over. Our breaths undoubtedly reeked of gas. It sounds like I like huffing a lot, but it's not the case. They just represent some stupid druggy moments. I'm a pretty successful person these days despite my best efforts. And Nozel writes, smoking a four-year-old roach from a joint that I discovered years later, picking up tiny amounts of weed shake covered in dust off my rugs, carpet, tile floor, wooden floor, etc., spending hours meticulously picking out hair and dust from the pieces of shake before packing it all in a bowl and smoking it, locating all of my razors, old credit cards, and basically completely empty bags of cocaine, RC stims, MDMA, and MDA, meticulously removing every last visible speck from them and placing them on old snorting surfaces, spending around 30 minutes scraping any leftover powder off the surface itself and then trying to get every last speck off of what I used to cut the line. Spending hours rubbing the inside of prescription pill bottles with my fingers and rubbing the residue on my gums and under my tongue. Dropping a bottle filled with clonopin in mud upside down with the cap not on. Immediately picking up all the pills that fell out of the bottle and eating them with the disgusting shit still on them. Fuck. And Zelda Dude adds, I injected straight-up water once because I didn't have any drugs just to go through my little IV ritual. If that's not a sign that I had a problem, then I don't know what is. And Beater's adds, Doing about 10 hits of blotter acid while camping back in the old days. Bear in mind that back then about 200 micrograms was a standard dosing per hit. We melted glass bottles in a makeshift blast furnace for fun that night. When the acid got too heavy, I lay down in a cornfield nearby and watched the northern lights. Had to ask the next day if they were real or just the acid. They were real. The following morning, my father was pissed as usual at me and insisted I mow the lawn. I'm glad I still have both feet. And Nozel responds to Zelda Dude by saying, Ha ha ha, I had friends who were so strung out on H that they would slam aspirin and ibuprofen when they were fiending and dry, quote-unquote, just to get that rush and feel something in their veins. And Zinfandel writes, 
I smoked salvia extract once, times 25 or 50 or 500, whatever, while I was watching a movie, you know, as if it were weed or something. Next thing you know, I'm just walking around in the backyard. When I get back inside, there's blood on the wall near the light switch. It was like 3 p.m. broad daylight outside, but I was fumbling to turn the light on. My bong was broken, and I must have cut myself on it, but I wasn't still bleeding by the time I stopped tripping. I had a hydrocodone prescription from a motorcycle accident that I lied my ass off to pretty much get an infinite refills on. Originally, it was to sell, but everyone just wanted Addy, so I ended up with a stockpile of the shit and got a bit hooked. Once we got robbed on vacation, brackets overseas, and the first thing I freaked out about was finding my damn pills. I was so desperate all of a sudden that I even asked the cop if they recovered it with all the other stuff when they caught the guys. They had no clue, but it was in one of the bags or something, and I was super relieved to find it. I took some right there with the cops still going over everything and more in the station as we had to go and do paperwork and shit about how the maid that serviced the apartment we were renting hooked up the robbers with the key and yada yada bullshit. Cops shot one of the guys in the foot for reasons. So I guess justice was served as far as I'm concerned. They even went to court apparently, but I was already back in the States by then. Could care less now. On the same trip, I was doped up and smoked a few joints at a huge party with my cousin and his girlfriend. They only knew about the weed. There were three stages. There were three stages, gigantic props and a puppet show. I was so stoned, I didn't even notice this girl was dancing on me until I overheard some douchebags behind me commenting on it and wondered who the asshole they were talking about was and then finally realizing it was me. This happened twice. I just stood in the same spot on the dance floor for like an hour with sunglasses on and multiple chicks just grinding right up on my junk. I wasn't even aware of what was happening in front and on top of me. I heard stories the next day and people were asking me questions about all these girls I hooked up with and I was just like... Ellipsis. About three years ago on Halloween, I got pulled over with Xanax in my pocket and ended up in the back of the squad car because I'd already taken some when I picked them up and was probably mouthing off to the cops. I remembered about it, freaked out even though they already patted me down, and managed to empty the entire baggie into my mouth and eat them while I was cuffed back there. They let me go a while later and gave me a warning. I couldn't remember the rest of that weekend, but when I woke up on my couch, all my stuff, cell phone, wallet, key hook, etc. was gone, and my car was totaled in some junkyard I found the card for when I got my wallet back. My phone and most of my other stuff was still in it. Weed is my mainstay now, and sometimes coke, but mostly weed. And bowl cut barricade ads. Several years ago, I went on a bender of speed and benzos and was up for days. Around day three, I started hearing my neighbors talking shit about me, and I walked over to the fence dividing our houses and yelled at them. That same night, I walked down to 7-Eleven with my dick almost out of my pants, brackets, don't ask me how that happened, and tried to buy cigarettes, brackets, which I don't smoke and didn't have the money for, and got yelled at by the line behind me in the store for holding up the line. Pretty sure some of them saw my dick. So I walked home as quick as I could while pulling out my pants and avoiding stairs. And prolapsed ads. I smoked two huge bong rips of DMT while peaking on 15 grams of mushrooms and had a breakthrough experience. It was the only time I've ever experienced ego death, and I saw a meditating monk in the most pristine white setting that completely dominated my consciousness. Then I cried for an hour, realizing I had just died. I was set on changing my life. The next day, I remembered I had a safe drawer full of morphine, brackets, 30 plus 60 milligrams, and half a pound of weed. My life wasn't changed for long. And Green Buccaneer adds, uh, taking acid and shrooms one weekend and Red Silk Road went down. Three days later, proceeded to get paranoid the FBI would find out, even though I never touched SR, and ate more shrooms. 
followed by almost seven grams of shrooms a few days later. I don't remember much of that night other than the tiles in my kitchen looked like flesh with a plate of glass over it and it freaked me out that I was walking over the flesh of this living thing. Once I took way too much MDA and alcohol over the course of three days and had many blackouts. I was leaning on the bathroom door in the dark, blacked out for I guess a minute, woke up and thought I had entered someone else's house until I turned the lights on. Another time I was peeking and rolling around on the floor and my roomie came in my bedroom, which was awkward. Does alcohol count? If so, blackouts are the worst. Once coming back from an after party back to our hotel room, I blacked out after I remembered fiending on some cigs. I apparently played a magic draft I don't remember. I don't remember coming back into the hotel, but apparently as soon as I came back, I proceeded to vomit in the toilet after taking a shit and passed out on the floor with my pants off and a friend had to put my underwear back on and toss me in bed. This was the second time this happened. Another time coming back from an after party, I walked to the hotel, got really lost. I remember calling my friend, have no idea what we talked about. I don't know how I got lost either because it was really easy to find the hotel. I somehow found my way back to the hotel, got into the bedroom, tore all my clothes off except underwear, and flopped into the bed and passed out. Wasn't missing anything either. I have no idea how I got to the hotel, and no one else does either. So far, I've avoided the whole, quote-unquote, I want to be high, I will take anything right now phase. I've considered it and go, quote-unquote, you don't need to be more high, chill, and I stop. And boxy ads. For being fucked up, at a festival in Detroit was on multiple hits of Molly, some Adderall, lots of K, Blow, three hits Lucy, half a mushy chocolate, and more balloons than any human should do in a night out of a tank, my world actually melted before my eyes. When my sight was no longer a swirl of colors, the scene around anything I looked at would continue to change the environment. Brackets, imagine a slideshow of possible backgrounds. As my brain struggled to make sense of my surroundings. As far as pathetic, years ago when old school OCs turned into OPs, my hook only had those and I would fiend hard for a while to put some delicious opiate goodness up my nose. I tried every method of no to make them good again, including grating the little fuckers with a microplane, putting the dust in the microwave, then freezing it before attempting to chop it up, and snorting chunks of shit. Man, fuck those things. And Amen all writes, Wow, what did they do to those pills anyway? Kudos to whoever figured that shit out. And Prolapse adds, They made them basically wax. And Disco Godfather adds, I was dumb broke one summer and bought some Hawaiian baby woodrose seeds off eBay. I guess I didn't scrape enough of the shell off and ended up with cyanide poisoning. I lived, but it was a scary day. And Jim Barris adds, Okay, sure, why not? Staring at the horrible raised lumps on my arm after missing a shot of coke and muttering, Shit, shit, shit. Taking people's money and saying I was totally going to buy drugs with it for them, but then I just buy the drugs and do them. Stealing my diabetic grandmother's insulin needles. Visiting my grandmother just because I wanted to steal her needles. Convincing a friend to steal stuff from his job for me to fence, basically, and then giving him barely 10% of what I made, even though I promised 50-50. Hiding a loaded needle up my butt so the cops couldn't find it. Quote-unquote, Hey, you want to try? And I knew that I was fucking them. I wanted them hooked so I could use them to sustain my own high. Nodding off with a needle stuck in my arm, then punching my roommate in the face when he rushed over and started shaking me to see if I was alive. It goes on and on, but the gist of it, I think, is that I was a bad person. And Arrest That Ass writes, I spent about a week of evenings after work dabbing and watching Farming Simulator 2015 Realism Let's Plays on YouTube. And Tajun writes, Well, I suppose I can talk about this since it's been a few years and there's nothing tying this account or IP firmly to anything I'm going to describe. This is all creative fiction, of course, so let's all go swimming. And if you'll remember, SWIM is an acronym for someone who isn't me and is used frequently for people who are sharing drug stories to uh, try to deflect the blame, which is not legally binding in any way. Anyway. 
One day I mixed around 100 milligrams of 4-ACO DMT into one of those fat Gatorade bottles. I drank the whole thing slowly over 24 hours while taking 0.5 milligrams of Xanax every two hours or so. Brackets, I have a slow metabolism, and so Xanax lasts 8 to 12 hours for me, Valium over 24. So as you can imagine, the Xanax built up, and I was constantly inhaling a large vaporizer bowl half full of White Widow and half full of venerable Alaskan Thunderfuck throughout this whole period. Some days before this, my girlfriend and I had amusingly watched a documentary about those obsessive, often-on-the-spectrum adult fans of My Little Pony who just love to masturbate to drawn porn of the little equines. 4chan should never have been invented. Well, anyway, out of the cyclosetic flights of whimsy, I decided to see why the fuck people get so obsessed with that show. Well, I ended up watching all of the episodes of quote-unquote Friendship is Magic in one sitting while eating countless candies and pastries and pissing every five minutes into an army of sniper bottles in front of the TV that was streaming the pirated children's media from my porn and game calculator. The bed was so soft. I locked all of our cats in the room with me. I started believing that they were secret messages contained within the pony show that God, brackets, and I am an atheist, but it gets weird and randomly religious in eclectic ways when I binge on psychedelics, had inserted into the plots. If I could figure this out, the master plan, I believed that I was going to quote-unquote sublime into the fourth dimension as depicted in some of the I Am Bank sci-fi quote-unquote culture series of books. I had encountered those books for a reason. Everything had a plan. God was God was guiding me and every creature was just part of God which was the universe so that it might experience itself because knowing all the eldritch knowledge gets boring I guess so if I could but learn the secret energy field manipulations taught by the love energies given off by the colorful ungulate cartoons brackets which had left the TV and become 3D somehow with fiber optic living horse hairs going off in fractal impossible directions I could ascend sometime during all this I became naked locked all of our cats in the room with me and began quote unquote texture wrapping their fur this made me immensely hard, yet a holy cosmic horniness rather the intense and lovely but more prosaic and slightly sadistic slash domineering horniness of strong dopaminergics, cocaine, methamphetamine, methadrome, etc. I began rubbing my dick all over the cats to quote-unquote make love to the softness. Strangely enough, this didn't seem to bother them at all, and they were all purring. After finishing the bottle of 4-ACO DMT, for whatever reason, I thought it would be a fantastic idea to chew on a few tabs of LSD, brackets, or possible Nambi. I was too far gone to tell if the things were bitter or not. Then, spur of the moment, in an effort to contend for the most eloquent winner of Darwin Awards, I decided taking good old methylamphetamine would be a swell idea. I then took some really bizarre, giant-pupiled, quote-unquote erotic photos with insane Joker-esque faces while holding swords brackets, both weeaboo and viking, and with a bunch of guns taped to me with duct tape in hasty tweaker fashion. From angles which emphasized my mighty erection, brackets, I don't get stim dick, the no refractory period insane libido, download a terabyte of porn and masturbate until your dick is all scab rather than skin and it hurts when you pee and rock hard giant throbbing erection was the entire reason that I took the damn things. I then thought it a fan damn-tastic idea to post these photos, brackets, via Tor on some amateur porn reddit for women and gay dudes. Half were turned on, half were terrified. I sort of forgot to edit the giant bags of weed, pills, and various crystalline and powdery substances, brackets, all of which I have done away with. I was going to have a fucking heart attack before I was 30. I just stick with weed, mild psychedelic doses, and a benzo or kratom at most once a week now. Out of the backgrounds of all the pictures. And in between and on all these containers of substances were my feline companions, all staring up at me whilst telepathically commuting tips to me to make the pictures, brackets, which were being taken by a camera which automatically snapped a photo every two seconds, sexier. 
Then, as it was becoming dawn now, I had an urge to go for a run, so I get on my shoes and dash out the door, running like Usain Bolt into the forest while listening to heavy metal interspersed with Spongle. After a few miles, I realized that I had remembered my shoes and underwear, but I had forgotten my pants and shirt. Brackets. It was 50 degrees Fahrenheit, but I was sweating like a pig in a Jewish sauna. Then, right in the middle of the path, I saw a nude woman on a towel sunbathing, but upon closer inspection, it turned out to be a mountain lion. This lion, like Aslan Mike Cockblock, the boyfriend of a Christian girl was blocking both my cock and my way. So I had to run through a sort of ghettoish neighborhood adjacent to this nature preserve. Not ghetto as in blacks. There's hardly any blacks where I live. Just a whole lot of Mexicans. Now at the time, this happened to be 7am so I had run through, or whenever the fuck it is, school buses show up to pick up K through 12 cabbage patches. Oh, I mean kids. That's what these little gremlins are called, right? So I'm dashing up this street in semen encrusted underwear, sweating like a porcupine covered in water balloons, right? And there's all these Latina motherfuckers sending their hijos and hijas off to the government brainwashing camp, glaring at me terrified. Brackets, I'm heavily muscled and look sort of freaky running full bore at you messed up until my eyes are black as squid bukkake. I finally get to the end of the street where I can turn and run a mile or so to my neighborhood when one of the wicked swine quote-unquote people spots me, turns on his lights and starts chasing me. But I had paths where cars could not follow and given my state and the copper's obvious lack of fitness given his rotund pig face, he had no chance. Zack Flash. Good sir, elf in running from the law. When I get home, take more meth, swallow some Xanax for safety's sake, brackets to ward off the seizure spirits, which sort of look like glowing squids. Then I start watching increasingly bizarre porn. My girlfriend was obviously not at my place throughout this adventure. It got weirder and weirder, brackets, and it started off as stuff I wouldn't watch sober. Until I was watching some hours-long compilation of a bunch of dogs, brackets woof-woof dogs, not homie G-dogs, mating against nature with Dutch women. This is when I decided it would be a good idea to take my stun baton and start shocking my genitals. I was in such a state that such a thing felt electrically orgasmic, and I think I went to the store to get dick-shaped cucumbers to shove in my ass. Brackets, not normally my thing, but the meth whispered to me that as many things at once needed to be stimulated and the prostate is a thing. At some point later in the day, I just sort of blacked out at my computer and slept on the floor for around 48 hours. The two weeks following that were not the best. Not the best. Okay, I gotta go to bed. Brackets, here's a tip. Phenylpyracetam is actually a hell of a stimulant when combined with sufficient amounts of L-DOPA and doesn't seem to have much of a crash and supposedly isn't shit for your brain like amphetamine. So you'll just have to deal with any typos. And Bowl Cut Barricade adds... One, on a speed binge running around my house shirtless ducking under windows because I thought everyone was out to kill me. For example, I would see my next door neighbor with a rifle aiming at me no matter what window I looked at. Worst part is I went outside at one point before my roommate dragged me back in, but I'm sure people saw. He never looked at me the same again. Two, convincing myself that I had a worm living near my dick feeding off the veins, slowly killing it. Both my parents witnessed this. Three, thinking my house was being filmed as a reality TV show and trying to act out what I thought sideline crew were saying. All these were on amphetamines after days of binging. And Megalica writes... I took 900 micrograms of LP-LSD 15 minutes before my shift ended and have to drive home. As soon as I got in the car, I started coming up faster than I ever had before. It was a 12-minute drive back to my house on a straight road. I was okay for the first three minutes. After that, the colors and lights in my peripheral vision started melting. My thoughts on the radio's music started echoing more and more, and my depth perception being pretty much obliterated. There was a car in front of me the whole time, and I was able to focus on it enough to get home. 
When I stepped out of the car, I was living in a completely 2D animated world where everything is a kaleidoscope vision. Don't do acid and drive. And Yogiz writes, We went with my friends to pick some mushrooms. We knew that the really good ones grew up in the mountains about four hours by car. We geared up. I've borrowed a car from my mom. And before evening, we had a nice stash of premium mountain mushrooms. Of course, everyone was excited to try them. We ate some in the car on the way back. After an hour or so, I've started to smell diesel and the car acted weird. At that time, I was a noob driver and had no idea what was wrong. The shrooms haven't kicked in yet, so we stopped and had a look at the engine, what wasn't really helpful. One of the guys was studying to become a car mechanic. As future has shown, it was good he never really became one. We didn't see fuck all in the engine, so we got back on the road. After a short while, the mushrooms kicked in, and the mood in the car got funky. All was cool, nice view of the mountain range, clear empty highway, bunch of friends having fun, and then the car went full retard. In five minutes, I've lost all the fuel, and we stopped, barely making it to a safety lane. As we all knew, nobody was able to find out WTF happened to the car, so I took out the insurance papers and called the number for assistance. Meanwhile, we were all really high, even joking about being stranded in the middle of the wilderness at the end of October when the temperature goes way down under the freezing point. When the assistance vehicle arrived, the mechanical showed me exactly what happened to the car. Brackets, diesel injector leaked like mad. He was not able to fix that shit. He told us to get a ride back home. I guess he knew we ain't really sober. My friends barely managed to use a cell phone to get someone to take them home, as they ate considerably more of the stuff than me. Not that I was okay or anything. The assistance guy was kind enough to get me a tow truck that took me to the closest service place. It was dark already and it was just me, brackets tripping balls, and the car waiting there in the middle of nowhere. When the tow truck arrived I was looking like shit, messed up with googly eyes, shaking from the cold. All the way to town I was trying to avoid all interaction with those folks, thinking how the fuck to survive the night. The car shop was shut till next morning, so after we unloaded the car I've started to look for a place to sleep in a completely strange town. After some town I found a grimy, quote unquote, hotel filled with cigarette smoke and drunk football players. Barely managed to put a few sentences together mumbling about needing a place to sleep. Never been so happy to sleep in a shitty, dirty, noisy hotel. Dropped down on the bed and felt good about myself for surviving all that. Next morning, I got a call from the car shop. They told me it will cost 2,500 euro to get the car home and get it fixed. Those fucking mushrooms were pretty expensive at the end. And Green Buccaneer adds, Druggiest thing I've ever done earlier in this year. Did a shit ton of MXE. I had a tolerance for it, maybe about 60 milligrams worth over the course of five to eight hours. A few hours later, I figured I could handle my shit and wasn't spaced out anymore and smoked two bowls of weed. I proceeded to trip balls, which freaked me out because it was just weed. I took a shower to try and calm myself down and ended up running out of the shower and had a panic attack. I called 911 thinking, quote unquote, this is it. This is me dying. Went to the ER after trying to explain to the FD what MXE was, brackets who had no idea. They did two EKGs and said, quote unquote, nope, you're fine and all your organs are fine, you fucking druggie. After waiting for two hours before someone even looked at me, brackets at which point I was fine. Walked home, then railed about 30 to 40 milligrams more MXE because, quote unquote, well, the ER said I was fine. Obviously, I'm fine. And I didn't touch the weed. I went into work the next morning with no sleep. I can't recall, but I'm pretty sure that same month I got awarded for being super awesome at my job. Haven't touched MXE since. Another thing I guess was when I bought some quote-unquote molly at a festival and later tested it and it went straight to yellow. And for those who don't know, that is when you buy drugs, sometimes you do a marquee test is a thing you can buy and you can see if what you bought is what you actually thought it was and not something else. I tried explaining to the person I bought it from that I didn't want my money back. I only wanted to tell him that it wasn't fucking MDMA. He was like, quote unquote, yo, it still gets you high though. What's the problem? I had been tripping and drinking. So when I ended up coming down, I ended up taking the quote unquote likely ethylone, 
when I was coming down and it was fucking awful and felt like puking. Ended up powering through it because I didn't want to be sober and played the bongos for an hour at the fire pit. And P-Hop writes, Something close to this happened to one of my friends. They had taken a pretty large dose of DXM that lasted through the afternoon and early evening, then joined me and a few other friends that night to smoke a bowl and just chill out and listen to music. About 20 minutes after we had started smoking, she just laid back on the couch and slid slash melted down the cushions and onto the floor, then started rubbing the back of her hands all over the carpet. We thought she was just really fucking high, but it got weirder over the next hour or so, and we knew something was up. By that point, we couldn't get any coherent answers out of her. A few of us spent the night there and kept her under quote-unquote house arrest until next morning. Seeing your friend go into depersonalization territory, just shuddering and writhing around, and you have no idea what they took and they can't tell you, is a pretty awful experience. At least it wasn't an OD, just a plateau Sigma DMX trip. And Scott Zoloft adds, About seven years ago, I was hanging out with some friends and a couple of them took acid and ecstasy together. We wanted to go on a burn cruise, so we got in the car, brackets, no one tripping drove, picked up a couple more friends and packed the car with six idiots. We get pulled over, they smell the weed, one idiot in the back leaves a bag on the floor in plain sight, and we get taken to holding. One of my friends who was tripping out was taking police academy courses to join the force, and his teacher was one of the arresting officers. So he's freaking the fuck out. He's asked to empty his pockets onto the floor in the processing area. He has a little cat toy mouse in his pocket that I guess he was fucking around with before we left. He doesn't have a cat. I don't know why he had it. The officers see the toy mouse and start making fun of him. They asked him if he had a cat or something. Quote, unquote, no, sir. I started laughing my ass off because my poor friend is sitting on the floor being grilled by cops about a cat toy. So they decide to make an example out of him and shove him into the holding cell and started slamming the door repeatedly. I can only imagine how horrified that must have been. They were screaming, quote unquote, this is the sound of your life closing doors. It was pretty shitty. They never found out my friends were tripping as if it would make any difference at that point. The police academy kid had to drop out. And Mr. Manatee adds, was on tour with a puppet troupe, drove all day to get to a terrible festival in rural New Jersey, arrived at 2 a.m., got drunk around a fire, and stayed up all night. The next day, made a beverage containing one beer, two tiny bottles of liquor, three milligrams Adderall, 400 milligrams MDMA, 500 milligrams caffeine, three drops LSD, shared it with a friend, and drank it all day. Watched all the typical terrible festival shit, brackets, dumb hippies, Hendrix cover band, bad dance music, etc. Performed what ended up being mostly harsh noise, walked up to the Appalachian Mountains, and stayed up all night again. Drove several more hours to a farm in upstate New York, saw some performance art, participated in some sort of saran wrap acid sex cult ritual and tripped more, kept drinking, stayed up all night. Somehow, after all this, I was still the most qualified driver to go another couple of hours into NYC, where we performed at a public park for a bunch of children, and then some burner lot in Bushwick where we stayed up till four. Next day, explored the city, played a show, and then took a couple points of molly with some of the crew and some NYC people and walked around Brooklyn until sunrise. Finally managed to sleep in the car on the way to Philly. Took 120 milligrams of 4-ACO-DMT, brackets approximately equivalent to half an ounce of shrooms, while pet-sitting at my grandma's retirement home. Experienced ego death, found myself naked, ass in the air, and clawing at my face at around the time the maid showed up in the morning. It was awkward. Ran into a hot friend and her hot friend at a bar and ended up going home with them. Took a bunch of MDMA and had a multi-session threesome. Then got drawn into a two-day MDMA, Xanax, meth, and beer bender wherein I realized that no sex was worth the amount of anxious psychotic behavior I was exposed to. Left. Regretted it. And the Valium ads. First time I really smoked crack was in a bando 
which stands for abandoned house. And I puked in the designated puke bucket. The tail end of a bender in a motel room is always rough too. I posted a picture of me before in a motel room party using my shoelaces to tie off with a syringe loaded with MXC. I'm surprised the motel kept renting me rooms out since I always left them covered in puke and syringes. And finally, I like cookie ads. In high school, I was completely shit-faced at a relatively big party. And when it died down a bit, I decided to bring out the nitrous tank. After about 30 minutes of use, all my friends were acting aggressive and fiendish. It completely changed the vibe of the party, and for some reason that made me extremely emotional. I proceeded to blow up and freak the fuck out, which culminated with me rolling around on the floor, hysterically crying while cuddling my nitrous tank, taking balloon hits between tears, not letting anyone else have any. It was quite the spectacle. Well, what do you think of those stories? Are you high on drugs now? Do you have a drug problem? You probably do. You have a problem. I'm scolding you. I'm not scolding you. You can do what you like. Just as long as you're not fucking up other people's shit. Um, yeah, so... Did you enjoy the drug stories? I did. I always enjoy drug stories. They're very funny. As I have mentioned before, I'm not a huge drug user. I mean, I use some drugs, but not the crazy ones. Although this one PLSD is intriguing. Please send me some. Thank you. Anyway, drug stories, fun, mostly believable. The problem is when people tell the stories that are swim and you're kind of like, I don't understand why you'd bother to do that. I mean, even drugs forum stopped encouraging people to use swim because really, if you're going to be sharing drug information, you should be hiding your IP address and, you know, doing everything through VPN or Tor so that people can find you. So it doesn't matter where you're posting from. So tell the tell all the true stories you like. So podcast business, if you'd like a magnet, please just ask for one. They are free and I mail them anywhere in the world. All I need from you is your mailing address sent to loureads at gmail.com and I will send you a magnet. All I ask in return is that you tell all your friends about Lou Reads and that you send me a picture of the magnet in its new home. And once again, I started the patron page at patron.com slash Lou Reads. If you feel like you want to donate to the podcast, feel free. If you don't, you don't have to. If you want to give one payment instead of doing description junk, there's always the PayPal link on LouReads.com blog. And, um, and of course, you don't have to give anything if you don't like to. And besides that, not much else is happening. Oh, I have two improv shows in New York City coming up in March. If you're interested or you live in the tri-metro county area, I don't know what that means, doing two episodes of X Plus One, the 1940s sci-fi radio program that we improvise. We're doing one in the beginning of March and one at the New York Improv Festival. Both of those things are happening at the People's Improv Theater. You can go to thepit-nyc.com to find out more about those shows or any of the many shows they have. There's lots of great stuff happening. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. My name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet. Share your druggiest moments for you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.